Welcome to Beyond Grit, the podcast that seeks to create and foster a community of people who want to learn, develop, and employ the 10 powerful practices to gain a high-performance edge. Whether you're an athlete, a parent, a coach, or just someone looking to improve yourself, the Beyond Grit podcast shows you step-by-step how to reach your peak potential. The Beyond Grit podcast is based on the book Beyond Grit, written by Sandra Kampoff, PhD, founder, and CEO of Mentally Strong Consulting, and a professor at Minnesota State University, Mankato. Sindra, a keynote speaker and entrepreneur, is also a certified mental performance coach for professional athletes, executives, and championship teams from around the nation, including the NFL's Minnesota Vikings. Sindra's co-host is Tim McNiff, Emmy Award-winning news and sports journalist, strategic communications consultant, and storyteller for the National Sports Center. This is the Beyond Grit Podcast. Welcome to Beyond Grit Podcast, episode 30. I'm Tim McNiff, alongside PhD Cinder Kampoff, certified mental performance coach, keynote speaker, esteemed professor at Minnesota State University of Mankato, and founder and CEO of Mentally Strong Consulting, which provides keynotes and training to businesses and sports teams seeking to help you, your staff, and your athletes gain the high-performance edge. You can contact Cinder via email, at cinder at cindercampoff.com. And now, on to episode 30 with the one, the only, the eighth wonder of the world, the former middleweight champion, Cinder Campoff. Oh, wouldn't that be awesome if I was like a wrestler or boxer? There we go. I'm ready. Would, would it be awesome? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, well, yeah, I know you have the effort there. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? It's good to see you. Well, you just, we were just talking before we started to record this podcast and, and you told me a story that I was able to recount to you and how much I hate this story because I'm, I'm in it and not in a good way. And somebody told you the story and not only did they tell the story, but they've embellished it. Now it's even worse for me than I thought it was. And this story is like 15 to 20 years old and it's still being told. And now, so I got to be gritty. I got to drag myself. I got to get back in the moment. You got to get in the moment and realize you can't control how the other person is telling the story. (laughs) And killing me. You're going to have to message him and say, hey, man, this is how it really went down. You know what? Me being me, that's probably going to happen. Do it. (laughs) (laughs) Here we are. We are in uh, episode 30. We have, uh, gosh, 52 chapters. We are so far through this. I can't even believe it. Doesn't seem like that long ago that we started. Ten practices. We're in practice six, which is, of course, on the moment. And um, before we get on to chapter 30, which is on the moment, or one play at a time, I'm sorry, we're going to go backwards and look at chapter 29, the review, which was attack the process. And, and the homework for that was to think about a goal and outline the process, outline how you're going to get there, what are the steps, and who are you going to be when you get there. And I think upon further review, I think that this is really one of the most helpful chapters. Ah, they're all helpful. I hate to say something like that. I found this really beneficial because... When you write things down, they become so much more achievable. But when you do this, so you set a goal. Maybe your goal was to, um, 
walk a mile or, or, or something like that. So what are the steps for the process? Well, you're going to you do these things to make sure you get it done. Who are you going to be when you get there? I'm going to be a more fit person. I mean, you get to, you get to set a goal, you create the steps, check them off, and then you're telling yourself a self-fulfilling prophecy that you're going to be better off for having achieved it. I see applications for this in literally everything. Yeah. And the reason that we talked about like thinking about a goal and then breaking down to the process is because when you're really focused on the process, then you put the best effort forward and you're not focused on the outcome, which can create fear and anxiety and pressure. And last time we talked about how we can overtry, we can press, we can push too hard. Um, and then uh, what really the process helps you do is like be more calm and confident in control and uh, really help you experience high performance more often. So I'm working on a project for a client and um, I think about how compartmentalized my brain is because I, I read all this and we did the chapter last week and I had all this right here and now I'm in the process of trying to get a project done and on time. And I just think if I would have applied this to that and married these two thoughts I know I'd be further along in that project than I am right now. Well, and projects can be really overwhelming. Like you think about the outcome and that, like how you want it to look at the end. And it's like all these steps that I have to go through. It's sort of like writing this book, Tim. You know, when, when I would, when I was writing, if I just literally took it one chapter at a time, it was like I was able to be more in the present and, and experience flow. Whereas if I thought, oh my gosh, I'm only at chapter 30. I got 22 more to go. Like that was so overwhelming. So this is a practice that we can learn and a practice that we actually have to practice to get better at it, but we can improve on it. Some would say you can't take a day off when you're training the mind. This is true. Nicely said. <laughs> I do learn some things. So that was Attack the Process, Chapter 29. Uh, now we are going to uh, Episode 30, uh, Chapter 30. And that is um, take one play at a time. And you hear that now, and this has become such a cliche. You hear it in so many different forms. And now it's sort of like, uh, you know, but, but again, you can't overlook this. And at the same time, you can't, uh, I guess, downplay how difficult it is to actually do it. It's one of these things that seems so elementary, but yet it's easier said than done. It seems like it's elementary, but it's not. It's actually something that you have to practice. And I think about when I first started teaching athletes this idea, it wasn't cliche, right? Like people weren't saying, okay, take it one plate at a time. And sometimes we have these sort of like catchy phrases, but people don't always know like what it actually means and how do you actually do that? And so why this topic is really important today is because we can only control the present moment and the present moment is the only place where high performance lives, the only place that we're at our best. And uh, our brain is like a monkey mind, right? It goes from thought to thought to thought to thought to thought. And even when you're playing the game, um, your default is going to be to think about the future or the past. It's not going to be to be fully immersed in the present. So that's why we have to train it. What about if, if it's the present and the present is miserable? I'm like, so let's say you're, you're playing somebody in a, in a match, something, whether it's tennis or, or wrestling or, or maybe you're racing someone. You found out that the person you're matched up against is just a real superior athlete to you are. How do you get yourself out of a downward spiral? 
Sure. So, you know, earlier in the book, I talk about how I think this is just my observation of the world's best. And um, I talk about the 95-5% rule. And what I talked about is like that, I think the best, and I know we're going to talk about Adam Thielen in a second. Um, when I just watch him, I think he spends 95% of his time in the present moment. Like when I look at watching these other high performance performers, they're more, most likely their mind is in the present, right? They might drift their attention to the future to like um, imagine what it's like five years from now, or imagine what it's like going to be like at the end of the game, or when we're, let's say exercising in the middle of the day uh, and we're going for a five mile run, we might think about, Oh, it's going to be so awesome when I get done running five miles, I'm going to feel so great. Right. But your best only happens in the present moment. So what I'd say is like, keep your mind in the present but can you shift your attention to other things that are going to be more beneficial? Like, um, you know, how can you, what are your strengths and how can, I'm just thinking about what you said about like you line up at a race and the other athlete is far superior. You know, how can you use your, capitalize your strengths and how can you focus on bettering yourself in that moment and being your best self in that moment? And your best self only happens when you're in the present moment. With anything. I mean, there's so many times when it doesn't have to be an athletic contest. I mean, you just really, really have to be present. So that's what we are talking about here is taking it one play at a time. And you did mention right off the top, Adam Thielen. And this is one of those ones you are in, you know, always tied and associated with Adam. And he's a guy who uh, you started to work with at uh, Mankato University. And, and this is – he's become such a story in the NFL because – usually players, the, the majority of them are drafted at a certain spot and certain ones don't make it, but the great majority of them are taken. They're drafted for a reason. They don't go through the process that Adam went through to make the team, to go from the developmental squad to the team, to go from special teams to a starter, to go to starter to all pro. That really just doesn't happen. You're right. The chances are maybe against him, <laughs> you know, against yeah, people yeah. like him. The the story I talk about in the book and um, uh, I had interviewed Adam for my podcast, The High Performance Mindset. And so I share with the share in this story about a few things that he said to me um, during this podcast interview. And I interviewed him when he was, I think his third season for the Vikings. And so um I work with the Mankato State football team, and uh, Adam was a senior when I started working with um, the Maverick football team. So I got to, he learned all these concepts, right? Because every single week we did a mental training workshop where we talked about taking a one play at a time as one of the core concepts and like what that meant. And I like the, the quote at the beginning of this chapter was like, live in the moment, take it one play at a time, one day at a time, right? And that's something that he's yep. learned to do. So uh, you can learn this skill. And, you know, he said that um, if he would have, I, I like this quote at the beginning of, of the chapter, Tim, he said, um, you know, the Vikings gave him an opportunity to attend a rookie tryout session and evaluation session. And right after his senior year at Minnesota State Mankato, and he said, if I would have known then what I know now, I probably would have wouldn't have made it. I was oblivious to how everything worked and the chances of making it in the league especially coming from a division two school. I just took it one drill at a time. I was just living in the moment, giving it all that I got. And now that I'm here. 
And so it was his like ability to practice that as a senior, one play at a time, one play at a time, one play at a time, right? Then it allowed him to like capitalize at the biggest moment in his life, which was to try out for the team. And now we know where he's at. And, and his ability to, to live in the moment and to keep practicing and keep evolving, because now you watch him getting off the line of scrimmage and he's gone from a, a guy that was like some players and other teams when they had co-practice didn't even want to practice against them. They considered it a wasted rep. They had no respect for him. Like who is this white guy and a, a position that's prim- primarily played by African-Americans in a game that's primarily played now by African-Americans, but usually not on that outside position. And here's Thielen has developed. He's so slippery getting out of coverage and getting off the line of scrimmage and turning guys inside out. And you just don't, you're not born with that. That comes through practice and repetition. And that means he's got to be taking the same attitude that he uses in games to practice. Because I would tell kids when I would coach this all the time, you can't think you're going to practice one way and play another. You have to practice like it is a game situation, because when you get to the game situation, you will not be prepared. Absolutely. And you have to practice it every single day. And I think, again, our natural tendency is to not, you know, is to not be in the present moment. And um, later on in that podcast interview with Adam, I asked him, you know, what role do you think mindset played in your success? And he was like, mindset is huge. Your mind can do a lot for you or it can really hurt your performance. And at this level, you realize it more than ever. And I think that's just a powerful quote because, you know, he's somebody that overcame the odds to get to where he's at. And he realizes that he's got to take it one play at a time. He's got to let go of mistakes, get in the flow, use imagery to put himself in situations that really help him be successful and not dwell on the past. And I think just one more time before we move on from Adam and into this chapter, I think it, it does bear going back to the game last year. We had the drop early on and he was asked about it. And then he went to back to his training with you and talked about flushing that play. Yeah, isn't that funny? Oh, I'm like, is that how I get an ESPN flushing the toilet? <laughs> but it worked, right? Something, yeah, that he learned like eight or nine years ago. Um, and we literally had a tiny plastic toilet on the sidelines of a ma- the Maverick football games. And uh, guys would go over there and flush it if they needed to. And the way, the reason they did that is because they knew if they were stuck in the past, if they're, they were thinking about this past play that just happened, their mind cannot be fully in the present. So you have to really move on quickly. Uh, when I'm working with teams, Tim, I'll be like, yeah, how fast? That fast. You know, when we snap, it's like, okay, we're going to move on that fast and train ourselves to do that, to really have like the short-term memory of our mistakes and the long-term memory of our successes and where we can go. And, and I think that you just said it. That does apply to success as well. I mean, we tend to think sometimes when we're talking about this, that it's just you want to get rid of flushing negatives. But if you make a big play, you know, they might want to come back to you again. And you got to be ready for that next play. You just can't live in that in the past. And so you, you say in here, your mind can be one of three places, the past, the present, or the future. So let's start with the past. What goes on? What emotions are you likely to experience when you are focusing on the past? You're more likely to experience anger, frustration, regret. Even depression lives in the past. And I think this is helpful because – um, when I'm feeling certain emotions, right, I'm going to do my best to label them, to think about what led to me feeling this way, not judge myself and not judge these emotions as good or bad, right? That's really important, but, but take more of like an objective, like a data 
view of my emotion. So what, how am I feeling right now? What led to this? And when I do that and I think, why am I frustrated right now? Oh, it's because I'm thinking about something in the past. Why am I mad? Oh, because I'm thinking about something in the past. So it's helpful even as coaches and leaders is to help, um, you know, your people really work through these emotions is like, what are you feeling and where is your attention that's creating this emotion? So your life, so like we're, we're all the time we're, we're walking and doing, living our lives and going around and something will happen. It will trigger a memory, mm-hmm. and which obviously takes you into your past. Right. Are you like analyzing like all the time, like how long you're staying there and what you're thinking, or are you just, how does that work for you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm very aware of what, where my thoughts are, you know, like, and sometimes maybe, I don't know if there's such a thing as like being too aware, but um, definitely like, you know, yesterday I was feeling kind of just like, oh, this, this and just not quite settled, you know? And so I'm working it through with my husband, you know, I'm like, why am I feeling this way? We're trying to work through, okay, what happened earlier in the day, <laughs> you know? But I think that's so important because then you know to reset and you learn about yourself, which is really practice number four is like know yourself to master yourself. All right. So we've talked about the past. So if you're thinking about the future, whoa, you know, like, so I, we were talking before we went on and I told Cinder a, a tennis match I was playing where I kept thinking, couldn't believe I wasn't beating the person I was beating. And I kept getting caught up in the score and thinking, oh, this is what the score is in the game. And this is this and that and that. Oh, I lost the match. And, and yeah, I think I got so hung up on not so much what was happening at the moment, but I kept thinking about the outcome and it didn't go well for me. So what emotions are you likely to experience when you focus on the future? So I think for, well, first of all, fear, anxiety, pressure are some that I think are really important to talk a little bit more about. Um, when we're future-based, we tend to be thinking about the outcome or the score or the results, and that's not helpful. And so I was just thinking about the work I do with tennis players because um, they can easily get believing, that, oh, they already got this in the bag, right? Or they can be thinking about the next point instead of the current point that they're in. Um, I also think right now, Tim, like this idea of fear and anxiety, that's so helpful to know that's a, that's a future-based emotion, because with all the things that are happening with COVID-19 and just like, we're not sure how long this is going to last, right? We can get so focused on the future and feel the fear, right? Um, and feel anxious. And what's most important is to realize like everyone experiences this fear, but what the key is, is can you get your, your mind back to the present, right? Like I felt like when this first happened, I was, my fear-based thoughts were like, Oh my gosh, what if I get COVID-19? What if I die alone? <laughs> Do my family can't even visit me, right? Like all these like extreme thoughts. And so fear typically, like we're feeling, we're, we're thinking about like the what ifs, the what ifs, right? And sometimes just by saying, okay, well, what if this happens? Then I will, that helps us get back in the present, right? Well, what if I do lose my job? Okay, I will file for unemployment like 30 million other people have in the United States, all right, that helps me get back into the present just so I don't live there. And that's really important that we just don't live in the future. And when I normally ask, you know, my clients and we're talking about this, I say, well, where is your mind, you know, throughout your day? And some of them will say, well, you know, it might be 30, 30, 30, 
right? Or 30, 30, 40. But typically, you know, or sometimes they'll say, well, I'm spending like 50% of my time in the, in the past and 30% of my time in the future and only 20% right here in the now. So it's just helpful to think like, okay, just generally throughout your day, where is your mind and can you get it back more in the present? Let's talk about getting it back to the present because you say in the book that there are uh, two ways to do that, two practices, and they are? Uh, what's important is that it comes down to awareness first and a choice second. And what I mean by that is awareness of where your mind is and a choice just to bring it back, back gently to, to, the, uh, to the present. And so awareness means like noticing where your focus is, um, kind of this moment to moment observation of your thoughts and just noticing when it's not in, in the present and getting it back. That's the choice, like gently bringing it back, not judging yourself, just like, okay, my mind's focused on this fear. What can I do to get it back in the present? And, and that's really what the choice is. And we can talk about some different strategies to get it back into the present once you've made that choice. Let's do that. In the book, you give uh, the three things you can kind of do, because right, again, it's one thing to say, well, I should do that. How do we do it? Yeah. So again, I think the focus is, and the key is just to gently bring it back to the, to the moment, to the present. And so I find my work with athletes, like if they choose a phrase like next play or right here, right now, if they just choose a phrase to get back to the present um, or focus, or maybe the word present, that can help them just say it, all right, once they are aware of it, and then just bring it back. But the awareness piece is really important, right? Like, you got to be paying attention to where your mind is first, even bring it back. A second way is to take a, a power breath. You, you always, you always have your breath with you. So that's helpful. Like just to, since you always have it with you, just notice it, take a breath. And then you might even say, we have this acronym. A lot of people use in sports psychology called win, like what's important now. And just noticing where your mind is and like, okay, what's most important right now? What's most important right now is I, I get back to my conversation with Tim, right? Because people are listening. What's, more, mo what's most important right now is I get back to the present play, the current play, because that's the, always the most important play, right? Or I get back to taking it kind of one uh, piece of this project at a time. And then the third way is we, what we talked about a couple weeks about, ago about just a mindfulness practice. And um, that just means just non-judgmentally focusing your attention on the present and just getting it back there. Um, because really, the present is the only place that you can be your best. It's the only place where true fulfillment and happiness happens. And it's the only place that flow and peak performance happen as well. You brought it up, the word flow. I mean, it's become sort of one of these things that's become a hot button word in sports. Um, but you really can't achieve flow. I mean, people, they tend to think it's like almost like a Zen-like state, but if you aren't actively concentrating, working on being right there right now, you can't have that flow. And I think really when you are working actively to focus your mind, you are blocking out a lot of distractions, crowd noise, pain, fatigue, some of these other things. I think it's, I think it's a mind trick, I think really, isn't it? I think it's a mind practice, but absolutely, right? Okay. Like you, I like the way you put it better than I did. Yeah. <laughs> practice. <laughs> Maybe I just chose the trick. The word trick is kind of tricky because people think that it's like, oh, it's just like this, 
uh, tactic or trick or like it's going to be just magical. But really, it's like it's a practice every single day to train your mind to be in the present and so important right now with all the uncertainty and change. Is it fair to tell people, though, that like in the first Star Wars movie, when Obi-Wan walks up to the stormtroopers and, and they, does the mind thing to him, that you can do those very same things to people you just choose not to? Oh, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I like Star Wars analogies, and I like Yoda. <laughs> oh, yeah. Obi-Wan, though. That was Obi who had the, uh, when he goes, these aren't the ones you're looking for. Yeah. <laughs> I, remember, I, I, I saw that movie back in like- 1977 with my mom. My mother's going, what is going on? I'm just like, mom, you need to stop talking. You know, <laughs> follow the movie, feel the force, mom, feel the force. It's fitting this week because, you know, may the fourth be with, with you. you yeah. Know, so. <laughs> yeah, no, great stuff for sure. And it, that's, it is so much about the mind. And that's what we were always talking about here. And I love to the acronym. What's important now is when I can just see myself going when and people thinking, Oh, he just wants to win so bad. But no, right. I just want to get uh, get present in this and it, just to be effective there. So um, you, you close the chapter by saying your success is determined by your ability to stay in the present moment. And you said earlier, you, you, you can't have that success unless you're going to be there. And I think that's a small moment thing there, but it's also a big picture thing. Mm. Yeah, what are you thinking there? Small moment, but big picture. Big same picture is be present in the moment. Live your life. I mean, like so often, you know, now we we you know we're we're in this middle of this great moment. It's like, oh, I got to grab my camera. I have to get a picture of this, or I can't. This was so funny, and I I'm going to tell the story to somebody later. I got to send somebody this message. No, you just need to be present in the moment and experience what you're experiencing and enjoy it because. The picture, while valuable, is never as good as the moment. The memory is never as funny as you thought it was. I mean, just be there. Be in that moment. Live your life. And, and that's, I think, the thing. We, technology is such a wonderful thing, but it can be such a distraction. And, and I, think you're, I think you're right. It's like the biggest distraction is in our pocket, right? It's like, and, and we can easily, like, not even see what's happening around us because we have this phone in front of us. Um, and so, you know, a lot of my clients I work with, Tim, like they put their phone away. It's five o'clock. They literally put it away and maybe go back and check on it at like, you know, eight o'clock or something. But I think we can miss these moments with our family, especially right now, um, where we have more time with our families. Like we can miss these great moments because we're on our phone. Well, and, and um, we're talking about Adam Thielen earlier. We're in a time right now. And as we record this, we are still in the middle of the pandemic. Um, a couple of years ago, they started to say stories about how NFL coaches were changing their meetings and they were changing uh, how they were, how long they had access to the guys without a break because they were finding they couldn't keep them away from their phone. They had to let them out every so often so they could just have that break and, and go look phone and do whatever they needed to do on their phone. It is amazing how, you know, there's a whole generation now that doesn't even know what life is like without it. And um, sometimes before COVID, you'd be somewhere waiting for something and you'd stand in a line, look around. I'm the only one who's not looking (laughs) at my phone. Either I'm most, I don't know, boring or no, have no friends. I don't know, whatever it was, but is it really, you just can't ever take a moment, just look around at other people or other things. Everyone is so distracted and just has to be so wrapped up in their phone. Like something better is happening somewhere else guess what? It's not. Right. Yeah. 
I read a stat yesterday that we look at our phones 150 times throughout the day. I'm guilty. I'm, I'm sure I'm probably there. I've never tried to count it, but yeah, I would say that's, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. right. So, All right, a homework for the week. The homework for the week is to practice taking it one play at a time. And the homework is, is to use this idea of awareness first, choice second, to bring your mind back to the present. And also choose like maybe a phrase or what else you're going to do to get it back to the present. So maybe you're just going to say the word present or right here, right now. But the homework is to practice using this idea to train your mind to be back in the present moment. And it's going to help you as you're, if you're an athlete as you're listening. If you practice this throughout your life, it's going to be a lot easier when you get in the game next to be able to take it one play at a time. Or to so, succeed at work or get that project done or, or, or whatever it is. I can tell you right now, I'm, I'm keeping win. I, I don't know if it will replace things happen uh, for you, not to you, but um, it's it's already right up there. I just know because it's, it's, um, it's funny because I just never thought of it other than just as, as do that, but now you're giving me something different to think about it and to center myself. And I think this is going to be one of the easiest things to grab onto because it's so easily, it's so memorable. It's such an easy acronym to remember and, and yet so effective. So I think there's a lot of value in this. Uh, would you please share with uh, our listeners our, our, your, not our, your high performance uh, phrase of the week, power phrase? I live in the moment. I take it one play at a time. I can do anything and be anything right here, right now. But you got to be right here, right now to do anything and be anything. That's that's the, uh, I was going to say the trick. What am I supposed to say instead? That's the, that's the practice. I'm writing the word practice down right now too. And there it is. All right. Um, we didn't talk about this this week. Do, do you have a gritty person? I go back to all the healthcare workers and the people working at the grocery stores and the owners and the entrepreneurs who are suffering this time. I think for you to stay gritty is so important and to remember why you do what you do and just to keep on powering through that we're going to make, we're going to make it through this and uh, we're going to be stronger um, as, as people we're going to have more like mindset skills and more like resilient skills than ever before. I hope so. And, and I'm going to say for my gritty pe people of the week, I, I want our listeners to be that in the sense that, you know, I, I kind of had two high school classmates going back and forth on the, the decision to wear a mask, you know, in, in a store. And one of them had, had approached someone and said, excuse me, uh, the store wants you to have a mask on in here. And the person gave him a two word answer. The first word started with F and the second one started with O, you know, so um, and, and this other classmate came back and said, I can't wear the mask. I have a health issues with this and this, which makes me susceptible to these other things. But wearing the mask and the chance of taking my own breath and bring it back in is not a winner for me. So so I think what I got out of that was wow. you know, one size doesn't fit all. And sometimes, you know, we do want to judge people and we do want to say things to people, but try to give people, I guess, the benefit of the doubt until they confirm your worst fears to you. Just do you. Let other people do their own thing. You know, be healthy, wash your hands, wear the mask if that's what, you know, you've decided to do and that's what you're being asked to do. Um, 
and think about others. And I, I love all that. I'm, I'm 100% for it. But if someone is operating a little outside the norm, don't assume it's just because they have a disregard. It, it may be more than that. So be gritty. And sometimes I think being gritty means, you know, being tolerant. And, and yeah. so try and to empathetic, like trying to put, uh, put yourself in their shoes, I think is really important too. 100%. You don't know what other people are dealing with. Never, never, ever. Okay, um, things to put on our grit board? Things to put on your grit board. Take it one play at a time. Boom. There it is. All right. Well, I want to thank you uh, for your wisdom, as always. And I'd like to thank you, our listeners, for joining us. The Beyond Grit podcast is all about trying to help you reach your peak potential. We'd love it if you check out this and the other great content on the NSE blog page, which is Beyond the Bench, where you can leave us your questions and comments. You can also find the Beyond Grit podcast on Spotify and an Apple podcast, where we encourage you to rate and review us so we can reach and help empower more people with the brilliant content of the one and only Cinder Kampoff. Um, as always, I'd like to give you the final word. I just want to say it is always uh, a pleasure and an honor to, to be in these uh, episodes with you. And I think now, um, at this time, your work has never been more valuable. And, and I just appreciate what you put together. And I hope everybody becomes aware of this and knows that uh, this isn't just about sports. This is about life. And it's really, a, really a valuable asset to have in this time. And I'm appreciative for having this opportunity to work with you. It's always fun every week to connect with you, Tim. And it's ever, it's great for everyone who's listening. So thank you so much for joining and tuning in. And uh, please come back next week for next week's episode. And so thank you again for joining us. And until next time, stay gritty and be mentally strong. Thank you for engaging with the Beyond Grit podcast, where we help you reach your peak potential. You can find past episodes and other great content on the NSE blog page, Beyond the Bench, where you can also post your questions and comments. The Beyond Grit podcast is a production of the National Sports Center and Beyond the Bench.